I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello, you are listening to the Weight Loss Podcast. This would happen to be uh, Bill and Ted's favorite episode of the show, episode 69, dude. (laughs) Yes. Uh, that uh, lovely voice you hear is my wife, Courtney. How are you going there, wife? Yes, I'm good. You're good or you're very good? I'm great. Or are you in holiday mode? I am great. I'm looking forward to going away for a couple of days. Yes. Yes, Courtney is leaving me. Um, she's had enough. She's had enough of me basically making her look bad on this show. So she's running away. Yes. Am I right? Much. Pretty much, no. I'm only going away for a couple of days. My best girlfriend lives interstate, so I'm going to stay with her just for a couple of days. So I'm very excited. And hanging out. And are you going to miss me? I am going to miss you. (laughs) I'm going to miss Winston. Who's Winston? Our puppy dog. Our what? Our puppy dog. He's our pug. Yes, he's our pug puppy. So yes, I'm going to miss the house. I'm going to miss everyone. But it is only for, well, four days, basically. So... (laughs) So anyway, the the whole point of this shambling introduction is that I need you to prepare yourself. This is probably going to be the worst episode of our show ever. Because I'm not not in a state to control it. Is that what you're saying? No, because you're in holiday mode. Because I'm the star of the show. So it'll be the worst one if I'm on my A game. Anyway, as I was saying, (laughs) Courtney's in holiday mode. And Bill and Ted would hate to find out that episode 69 dude is ruined. But hey, you know what? It's our show. And we can do whatever we want. And that's right. what we're going to do. So given that Courtney's in holiday mode and she's not really good for a rational conversation, we decided, well, we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we just do one of our random Q&As? And we thought, nah, screw that. Let's make it a not so random <laughs> Q&A. So we're going to try and antagonize each other through questions that people have sent us. So one of the perks of being the world's greatest health and fitness podcast that is listened to in over 50 countries and is now up to 69 dude episodes. I'm starting to caught my throat. One of the benefits there is that we do get asked a lot of questions and in conjunction with having that fantastic podcast listened to in 50 countries, we're trainers, we're coaches, we work with people. We get asked questions all the time. Some are really, really good. Some are slightly less than really good. So we happen to be sitting on a legitimate treasure trove of questions that whilst worth talking about, aren't quite enough to warrant their own episode, yeah? No, definitely not. And some of these questions might be so well written from people that Courtney and I know each other so well, we know what questions might set the other one off. Well, not only set the other one off, but we get a good little giggle out of it. 
But um, you, you know, you know, I like to instigate you and get you yes. fired up. Most of these questions will come with fairly short answers, so that's why we do them this way. Yes. Or will they? Well, most of them tend to come with short answers. Otherwise, we would put it into a podcast on its own. I like the idea though of making this as fun as possible, especially given that you just you're, you're here, but you're not here. I'm here. So <laughs> I think I think as much as we can, like. Let's let's have fun with this. We've got these questions that are suitable for this podcast. Yes. And we've already stated that this is going to be the worst episode of our show well, ever. Well, you have. So, I haven't stated that. I think it's going to be a good episode, but you, for some reason, think it's going to be shit. No, I didn't say it's going to be shit. Just, look, even if it's the worst episode of our show ever, that just means it's less than excellent. Okay. So... The expectations have been set accordingly. I don't know what you are talking about. Can we just get into the questions? Can we just get into the questions? So Courtney and I have selected uh, a series of questions each. So I know what I'm going to ask her and she knows what she's going to ask me, but we don't know what's coming. Yes. And then we will, uh, after we've, well, who knows where this is going to go. And after we've hit these questions, we have a fantastic email at the end. To, oh, good. Uh, to get to. Excellent. Well, I think it's fantastic because it's talking about supplements. Oh, yay. And, and supplements interest me. Yes, very much so. How self-indulgent. Indeed. So, all right. Well, I'm going to ask you the first question. I'm going to start because I can and because I just said so. So. <sighs> Told. The first question for you, Matt, is what's the best fast food when I've had a long day? What? That's the question. Oh, uh, okay. I think um, it means what's the best fast food to maybe stop off and get after a long day. Well, out. I'm I'm partial to quarter pounders at McDonald's. So <laughs> for me, um, a, a actually, you know what? The best ones were the double quarter pounders because you had like, you know, a double quarter pounder, which I suppose you could call half like half pounder. Is yeah. that at McDonald's? I thought that was a Hungry Jacks thing. <laughs> You know nothing about fast food, don't you? Mm, Seriously, you're talking to the fast food connoisseur here. <laughs> anyway, McDonald's had, and I believe periodically have, the mythical, legendary double quarter pounder. Ah. That is the best fast food to get when you're what, sorry? After you've had a long day. After you've had a long day, I reckon the double quarter pounder. Now, they're pretty filling, unless your name's Matt, in which case you need two of them. Um, and I probably would go just the, the regular size fries um, and probably a, just a small Coke with that. So I think that's the best. Um, does that answer the question? <laughs> or do we mean best in terms of actually weight loss? It just says best. It just says what's the best fast food. I'm assuming they mean best as in terms of... Okay, which what is the fast food that's less likely to cause me to get fat or put on more weight? Am I Correct. right? I think that that is what the question is meaning, yes. Okay. Do we want... Would you like me... I've already given a stupid answer. Would you like me to give the serious Matt answer or the nice answer? Well, you've got to give the serious answer. Make your fucking food. <laughs> so, there are... You know what? Actually, I will give the serious nice Matt answer. Because you and I, Courtney, we have been to some let's call them fast food outlets that actually serve mm -hmm. and offer fantastic, legitimately healthy meals that haven't been doused in everything. Correct. 
Problem it, is, it though, is possible. It, yes. Problem is, you are paying through the nose. Yes. So, the real answer to this question is pre-make your own food. And one, you don't have to worry about, is this going to be good for me? And two, you save money. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I There are some... There's some of them you can go to. I mean... What do you think of the cookies at Subway? The good thing about... The only good thing about, say, something like a Subway where you can actually just get a salad and, and wait, some wait. protein. By salad, you mean half a kilo of lettuce. But as I said, it, yeah, I was going to say, it's mostly just lettuce. So the unfortunate thing about going through the effort of, of going and just getting takeaway after you've had a long day, which obviously implies that you're tired and that you just want to get something on your way home from work or whatever it is. What else does that imply though? That you've got nothing in the house uh-huh. already to have. But the problem with that is, is that then you're going to go, when you say, what's the best option? If we give you an option that you can't find readily available, then you're going to waste time going to find that option. Then you're going to get that option, which still isn't optimal. Like it's still not the best thing to have. And you're probably not going to enjoy it that much. And you're paying a premium. And you're paying a lot for it. And then you're going to go home and you're going to be unsatisfied. So if if a client asked you this question, what would you say? I would say, go to the supermarket. Like if you're going to stop off anyway, then you may as well just go to the supermarket. Look, worst comes to worst. You can go to the supermarket and you can get an already cooked chicken and you can just get whatever you like to go with it. I was just, you know, this is why we're married. I was literally thinking the same thing. Just get a roast chicken from the supermarket and a couple of bags of, of, of veg and salad and away you go. Yeah. Look, worst comes to worst. That's, that's what I would do. If you really have had a long day and you can't be bothered. Uh, and, you're, and you're unprepared. And you're unprepared. That's what I would do because you, you'll enjoy it and it far better than you would by going to a fast food outlet and it will cost you about a quarter of the price. And it's uh, not going to set you back in terms of your goals. So the answer to the question is roast chicken. The answer to the question is, yeah, pretty much. Roast chicken. Okay, roast cool. chicken and whatever you like to go with it. Well, yes. Okay. Well done. Yes. All do right. you want to go next or do you want me to do all my questions? No, I'll ask you the next one. Okay. We'll take turns here. Courtney. Yes. Why don't things work the way that you expect? Um, okay. Well, there's a couple of different things you could go with that question. You probably need a little bit more context with that question. Why don't things work out the way you expect? Hang on, hang on. I'll clarify here for you. (laughs) Courtney, why don't things work the way that you expect? I would say that one one of two things have happened, but most likely your expectations are wrong. You want, you want to like elaborate on that one or what? Well, one or two things could be happening here. Why don't things work out the way I've expected? Well, one one or like something's gone wrong during that process then. So either something along the way has gone wrong, which has derailed you, or your expectations in the first place were unrealistic. And this is the one that is probably more common because it happens so often. We see it a lot with our clients. And it's, it's, it's a lot of that, a lot of expectations as well comes down to time frame. So that is again with our clients, that's just where we find a lot of people get tripped up and get really upset and really down with the whole process and can get really dejected really quickly. Because if you start something with an expectation of a timeline 
and then that timeline is unrealistic and you don't achieve it, then you've pretty much set yourself up for failure in the first place. Because as soon as you don't achieve something that you have expected to achieve, then it's it's the process that you're doing's fault and it doesn't work and you're going to try and do something else. Is it is it possible that what this question is actually asking is... Why is it harder than I thought it would be? And why isn't it happening as fast as I want? Yeah. Well, and, and, and that really, I think, just comes back down to the industry and the, and the world that we live in at the moment, which is everybody, we all want everything quickly. and Like, we want it to happen now. And a lot of the advertising and marketing material out there tells us that we can have it in 12 weeks. Well, we can have it in 28 days or we can have it in four weeks or six weeks or eight weeks, whatever. Um, all these short-term headlines. And so we get... Con- Are you saying I can't have my seven-day bikini body? No. We get conditioned to Definitely. thinking that, A, it's easy because the model that's on the front or cover of the magazine looks really happy uh, while she's standing there. So it must be easy. Magazine. Do you mean Instagram posts? Instagram posts. These girls that are working out on Instagram or Facebook, they're really like smiling and they look so pretty while they're working out. My so life is so good. It must be easy. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just the world that we live in. Social media and commercial marketing tells us that it should be easy and that it should take a short amount of time. Uh, so we're just conditioned, you know, you add that to the fact that we as human beings want everything to happen quickly and easily now. It's just that that is why people's expectations going into this sort of stuff are often askew. Can I just break the, sh- the format of our show and give my two cents worth on this one? Yes. I can? Well, I gave my two cents on your question, so okay, yeah. that's fair. Uh, I think, for in, in all seriousness, the reasons, the, well, the reason it doesn't things don't work the way you expect is if you haven't done it before, how do you know what to expect? Yeah, very true. So, if Courtney and I decided to stack back on all the weight, and then decided to lose it all again, we probably would know what we're in for. Not yeah. that we're going to do that. We'd have a fair idea of how long it was going to take and how but hard it would is, be. There is, there is. You know, benefits of experience. I think to me that just speaks to inexperience and that's fine. True, question, because please. people can tell you that it's going to be hard, but until you experience it, you really have no idea how well, hard it will look, be. You and I can make comment on this even with our own clients. Yeah. We tell them what they're in for as much as we can. And even then, you sometimes think, was that really heard? We well, heard when we said that. I'd say like a lot of things. It'd be like someone saying to you, what's skydiving like? Well, you're, never, you're not going to feel that until you do it. Like you can't explain what that's like. That's deep, man. Until you go and do it. That's very zen of you. What's the next question? Okay, the next question for you is, am I too old to gain muscle? No. No, you're not. Uh, there has have been quality controlled research that has proven that you can gain muscle even in your 90s. Huh. Bet you didn't know that one, I you? hadn't heard the 90s. I'd heard some oh, some pretty high numbers, but not the 90s. Yep, 90s. Um, and that was uh, that was established... Gee, when, when I first got into actually going to the gym, like we're talking like, you know, in the early part of this century. <laughs> Shit. 
won't go there. That's depressing. Anyway, that's um that's been uh, known for quite a while. And you as well, by the way, Courtney, you've seen this in action with your own clients. Yes. And my clients, our clients, uh, over the years where you know, we've worked with people 50s, 60s and up and no problem getting stronger. But research has shown you can still gain muscle up into your 90s. Now, yes, part of the aging process, unfortunately, is that unless we do something about it, the body is going to lose muscle tissue and accumulate unwanted body fat as we get older. And that can pretty much start from our mid-30s and up, mm. really. But there are ways to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Such as walking on the treadmill for half an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Said no one ever. <laughs> Such as weight training. Yeah. So... Short, unfortunately, probably a shorter answer than you might have expected, Courtney. Um, but you can still build muscle as you get a lot older. So there's, I think, really the take-home message here is: if you think you're too old, you're full of shit. Well, you just look at our gym that we go to, Matt. We go to a commercial gym, and oh yes, the seniors' day. They run a whole like seniors program there about nine thirty. To mm. About nine thirty, I think. It's great, actually. Days. Yeah, they've got people that come in. Do they get into it? They are like, oh, you're talking like in their. Many of them would be in their eighties, and what she's saying is they're dinosaurs. Is that what you're saying? No, but I'm just saying a lot of people wouldn't expect eighty year olds to be going to the gym. No, every but week. it's fantastic to see. It is. Yep. Now look, I personally think that the term inspiring or inspiration or inspirational is. Ridiculously overused. Very much so. Because... Like motivation. Look, don't... Okay. We're not going to go there. Don't touch that one. Now, (laughs) the thing is, I've noticed in my time, and he's the part where I become a cynical, cranky old man. Most of the time, the people that say, oh, that's so inspirational, are the ones who aren't doing fucking shit. If it's so inspirational, you do something about it. Oh, that's loud. You're getting loud now. He's getting loud. (laughs) You, you asked the question and you, you, you brought this on. Okay, sorry. Anyway, these people that we see at our own gym doing these, uh, I think they call it older but stronger. Yes. Classes. Yes. To me, that is legitimately inspirational and not from a Matt's a wanker who's not going to do it because when, as I get older, I don't want to become one of those feeble old people. No. That falls over not. and breaks things and loses their physical independence. I don't want that. So seeing older people... Be active and exercise. I'm all for it. I love it. I want to high five and probably give freaky hugs to all of them. Yeah, absolutely. So that one went a bit left to center. <laughs> freaky hugs. Anyway. Yeah, the hugs where you, put, you uncomfortably put your hand on their butt. <laughs> oh, my God. Next. You've got the next one. I do too. I think we're going to have to do a whole podcast one day of just things that annoy us. This whole show kind of is about that, isn't it? We have this is now sixty nine dude episodes about things that annoy us. Courtney, yes. What do I have in the drinks before and after training? What do I have in the drinks? Well, I think the two biggest main things. Uh, a lot so, of is it red wine or white wine? A lot of people are talking about the oh. the protein shakers that people you see people drinking before and after training. This is not what's your favorite beer. It's not alcohol, definitely not, and it's not usually just plain water. You've never smashed an alcohol shake before a leg no, session? No, 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 but uh, the the two simplest ingredients in those shakes to have 
if you're first starting out and you want to have a before and after shake, which would be a high quality whey protein and a carb source. So maybe like you could just use like a Gatorade or a Powerade. And the sports drinks are very a, good. A sports drink, which is a very uh, cost effective. Very way economical, to do it. but also does the job, as you and I know. Exactly. We well, can buy them in powdered version, which is obviously a lot cheaper than buying the bottles, um, bottles all the time. Mm. So you can buy them in powdered version. So just depending on the scoop size of the protein powder that you buy, but just a high, good, good high quality uh, protein powder. You don't want one with 50 million ingredients. So you, Whey protein isolate is the it. best. <laughs> so just that. And a lot of them do come with quite large scoops. So uh, often if you don't look like Matt, then you may just need half a scoop of that. And <laughs> What are you saying? Well, you're a big lad. Did you, you just call you your husband ugly? Thank no, you. No, you're a big lad. So, and then a lot a of the... A big lad. A lot of the Gatorade and Powerade... Uh, Strapping lad. Powders. They don't come with very big scoops in them, so you probably only need one of those. And yeah, just a little bit of water and top tip on that though, don't have it right before you work out. Especially a cardio session. Because it will sit in your your belly and it'll make you feel ill. Uh, Have it up to maybe half an hour before you work out. Now, you and I know that firsthand, don't we? Having, uh, We've done it too having soon. Having our pre-workout shakes too soon before, especially an intense cardio session when you're moving around and jumping around. Too soon. That shit don't feel too good. Too soon. But that, that, that is the easiest place to start. We did a whole podcast on supplements. So definitely check that one out. It'll give you a bit more information while I'll, I'm saying I'll just, this. Matt I'll just, will look it up. Yeah, I'll just look it up because I can't remember. I can't remember what number it was. We, we just host the show. We yeah. don't know anything about it. But it, uh, we went through all of our sort of go-to supplements. A lot You can get really carried away. The supplement industry is one of those ones that you can get really carried away. Oh, mate. That, but... that's a, that's what, I was going to say that's a podcast unto itself. We've done it. Episode 31. What are the best supplements? Yeah, so have a listen to that and I think you'll get a little bit more information on that one. But yeah, definitely top tip. The one you have after you work out, yeah, you can definitely smash that one down straight after you work out. It's going to be really beneficial. But the one before you work out, do not have it right before you work out. Yeah, it will I, not make you feel good. I I will not quite parrot Courtney, but I will definitely second um, the, the ingredients there. There are so many different supplements out there and a lot of companies willing to take your money to give you who knows the fuck what. If you keep it to the basics, uh, yep, high quality protein, as in a whey protein isolate and a fast acting carbohydrate source will do the job. It has been shown in research to do the job. Yes, definitely. So good job out of you, Dee. What's next? All right, next for you is... Do you have any tips for training alone? Do I have any tips for training <laughs> alone? Yes. Well. <laughs> well. What are you laughing at? You love this question. Why do I love this question? Because it's your favorite. You get to talk about your favorite thing in the world. Which is what? Your headphones. Well. <laughs> the thing is... When it comes to tips for training alone, this is one where I suppose you'd say context is king because it's like, in what context are we referring to here? So my first instinct as a trainer is from a safety perspective. Oh, yeah. So what are the tips for training alone so I don't drop a 45 kilo dumbbell on my nose? 
It's funny the way you both like two people think of one question because my first thought was that they were asking because it's boring to work out by yourself sometimes. You see, this just goes to highlight the differences between us, doesn't it? <laughs> and you, probably being the better trainer than me, obviously, are thinking in, in terms of let's not kill the person. So what? that's probably better well, that you if, answer what, this question. What if I answer the question from both perspectives? <laughs> yeah, because I can. Do that. Because I, I too have found exercise boring. And as a, well, as Courtney said, a big lad. Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't matter whether you, no matter how big you are, ideally when we're training, we want to get stronger. So we're throwing around weights that are progressively getting heavier to really challenge ourselves. Mm. Now, there are safety issues there. And there can be challenges. Even I've found out, like for me, for example, um, shoulder press. I'm quite a fan of the dumbbell shoulder press. One, because it doesn't hurt. And I do have questionable shoulder joints. Yes. Uh, which I need to be very mindful of, and I am. But the thing is, I get to a certain weight on the dumbbells, and even for a quote-unquote big lad, <laughs> getting those buddy things up over my head is pretty damn hard at times. Yes. So... You've got to take into account what exercises you're doing. This is from a safety perspective. What exercises you're doing, what equipment's involved, but also what safety um, precautions you can take. So there's quite a few uh, apparatus, like for example, a bench press or a squat rack in the gym where you can set up what are called safety arms. So if you're doing a bench press and you're really pushing it, which you should be, but you like you get to the stage where shit, this bar's not getting back up. Having a pair of safety arms there at a certain or at the right height for you on each side, you can pretty much drop the bar down over you, and the the safety bars will catch it without you catching it in the face, which yeah. is what I call a good thing. So those safety bars are set just below the lowest part of your movement. Which you can you can set those during the warm up. It should be low enough where you don't hit the bars during the regular uh, range of motion. Mm. Um, because if it's set too high, obviously it compromises range of motion. Yes. Um, but also it should be high enough where you can get out of there if you put the. Uh, you can if you shimmy rest. out. If- you can you can sliver out <laughs> from under the bench, and I have done that a few times. Uh, an elegant dismount from the bench, where you just. Peel yourself off, but it's better than peeling a barbell off you. Yes. Um, so another sort of tip I would give when it comes to training alone uh, in terms of a safety perspective is don't be afraid to ask people to help. So quite often I do have the uh, luxury and the privilege and the honor of training with my wife. Oh. I, had, I didn't think he was going to say that first. I, I had to set you up, love. I had to. So Courtney and I, because uh, Courtney is, well, Courtney's not a big lad. Uh, however, she is freakishly strong. I've worked with uh, a lot, a lot of females uh, in my career. And by far and away, Courtney has the most freakish upper body strength I've ever seen in a female I've met bar none which means she can help me uh, get the weights into position for myself where need be. And obviously vice versa, because I'm five times Courtney's size. <laughs> now, if you're training alone, you don't quite have that luxury. So I recommend don't be afraid in the gym, just to ask one of the other members, oh, hey, can you give me a hand and give me a spot? I did that when I trained by myself before, before Courtney shamelessly hit on me. 
and we became a couple. Before then, I was training by myself, and when I was getting to the heavy start part of the program, I'd just find one of the members or one of the staff members and say, hey, can you just give us a bit of a spot on this one? And they're happy to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you just explain to them how you like to be spotted. So, yeah. uh, you know, you'd, you'd hate to do your set and then them just like grab the bar or something which yeah, just is do really what I annoying. do and just say look I need you to give me a spot but don't touch the fucking bar yeah you just say look can you help me lift it off and then I'm I'm okay but I'll let you know coach if him. I want you to grab it coach him uh, the other the, the, the quick answer to the other interpretation of the question uh, with training alone is get a pair of headphones if you find training uh, boring and you find it hard to get <clears throat> motivated <laughs> for it or you find it hard to get up and about to really push it uh, what works for me and has worked for me for a long time, I think I may have said it once or twice on this show, times 5,000, is to get a good pair of headphones and fire yourself up. Yeah. Pick, pick music because music always elicits an emotional response from people. Oh, yeah. Pick music that will fire you up or pick any sort of audio content like <clears throat> the Weight Loss Podcast <laughs> that you can listen to to keep you, uh, keep you mentally engaged while you're doing the training. Does that help? Should do a podcast where we're just yelling at people, and then then oh, like, like those YouTube videos that you love, where they just yell out random yeah. wanky inspirational quotes. You can succeed. You can do this. You're a champion. And just the, one the, more. One more. The lion roars <laughs> in the background. What a we'll, joke. <laughs> we'll do that for you guys. Um, no, the you'll other do that. the other thing. Just uh, uh, someone told me recently was that I haven't tried this out, but a girl at the gym told me recently that she wears a cap. When she works out, to and it focuses her. She also wears headphones, but she likes to wear a cap, and she knows that she looks a bit wanky because she's wearing a hat inside. Uh, but she likes to wear it when she trains because a it keeps her hair out of her face, which she likes, and b she thinks that it sort of blocks out everybody around her, so she doesn't focus on anything else happening around her she can't see anything in her peripheral vision so she really enjoys it so i haven't tried it i've been meaning to try it i will try it out to see what it's like i'll keep everybody posted on here but just another top tip that if you find that you do get distracted a a theoretical top tip not a proven one but if you get distracted out the corner of of your eye by things like that then it might help does that mean you could also like potentially wear like a Spartan or a Viking helmet? Probably couldn't. Well, no one would stop you. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, I'll ask you the next one. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Courtney. Yes. Please tell me how to eat nutritionally when you don't have time to prepare meals every day. Hit me. Really? Hit me. What do you got, bro? Let's go. How do I basically basically how do I eat well but I don't have time to cook my food? Yes. Okay. Make time to cook your food. I'm sorry, I don't have time to make time. No, you've got time. I don't have time to make time. Everyone's got time. I'm too busy searching through my Facebook timeline. <laughs> no. I'm too busy browsing through Instagram. I would make time. The problem with and I think where a lot of people where their thought process is with a lot of people that ask this question is what about all these prepackaged meals that are healthy? Uh, a lot of the gyms sell them now as well, the prepackaged meals that you put in the freezer. The thing with those is that 
A, you're not learning anything by just buying meals. You're not learning what works for your body, what doesn't work for your body. You're not learning and you're not trying a variety of foods. And you're not really instilling any new habits other than you're still just buying food. Now, there's a podcast coming in the near future. About habits. Mm. Because by by your current situation, you're... By someone who's asking me that question, they probably don't cook very often and they're currently buying a lot of their food, but it's just rubbish food. So they want to continue buying their food. They just want a healthier option, but you're not changing the habit that got you in the health unhealthy position in the first place. So that is, there's a lot of problems with buying prepackaged, quote unquote, healthy food. The thing you really have to do is make time to cook your own food. Now, People say to us, oh, that's easier said than done. I've got this, 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 and this. That's fine. Everybody in the world has a lot on. Everybody does. We're not saying you have to sit there and make a seven-course meal every night of the week. There are ways that you can do it to streamline the process for yourself. There's different cooking techniques that you can use to make it easy for yourself. You can get up literally 15 minutes earlier and put on a slow cooker and then it's ready by the time you get home from work. The ultimate lazy person's friend is the slow cooker. It is sure. so easy. Or you know, it's better than, you know it's better than the slow cooker? What? Two slow cookers. Barbecuing takes no time at all. Bulk cooking. If you're cooking at all, cook extra. Like there's no way anybody goes the entire week without cooking at least one meal. So you've got some time in your week. So it is all about coming up with ways to streamline the process that suits your life because, yes, what suits me may not suit you. Uh, I've, we've got clients that like to make up their entire week's worth of food and they put it in the freezer and then they just take it out where they need to. I personally don't really love doing that. I don't really love always getting my food out of the freezer and even if you know I've cooked it and defrosting it and I forget to take it out and then oh it's a mess but so I do multiple cook-ups during the week it suits my life see that doesn't suit other people's lives they like to do one big cook-up for the week and maybe a small little top-up fresh fruit and veg shop and the rest of their stuff is done for the week they don't have to think about it so you do have the time it's about Working out how to streamline the process to suit you. Cool. Next. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. Um, with so many... Is this the last question for me? Yes. Okay. With... Oh, no. This one. Sorry. Why can't PTs give a guided meal plan as food is one of the biggest hurdles? Why can't they? Hmm. Well, they can but they're fucking idiots if they do. Next question, please. <laughs> you picked that because you know that gets a rise out of me. Well done. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. As, as PTs, we could indeed give meal plans, but do you know what meal plans teach someone? Nothing. About as much as buying all your food pre-made. Fucking Nothing. <laughs> so it teaches them nothing about what got them in the shit to begin with, which means it's not going to teach them about how to get out of their current circumstance. So Courtney and I could indeed give a well-structured guided meal plan that will get a result. 
And if you don't like it, you're not going to sustain it. Correct. If you're not going to sustain it, you're not going to succeed. Any results you get will be short-term, which means you're back on the fucking merry-go-round. Does that answer the question? Meal plans don't work. No, so, you're right. If they do succeed, if they do succeed, which is a big if, because usually meal plans cut out a lot of stuff. They're just known for cutting, cutting, cutting. So if you can stay on them, you're right, Matt, you just go back, like after your time is up, well, you just go back to eating what you used to eat. Go back to you, normal, quote unquote normal. Then you're back to square one. So can I just give a, before I go to the next question, can I just give a shout out to our fantastic online transformation program, which does not involve a single bloody meal plan? No. Because why give someone a meal plan when you can teach them how to make one for themselves that they like and they can sustain and they know works for them? So the answer to this question is this. If Courtney and I ever give out a meal plan, we are fucked. Well, I think this, Matt, goes back to the earlier question in terms of expectations where we want everything quickly and easily. So, and results quickly. You know and- what, though? You know what? Stiff shit. Yeah. Sometimes people need to learn how to think for themselves. And, and so we encourage our clients and we empower them to think for themselves. And we know that the food is the is a very big hurdle. Like It's the hurdle. We know that. That's why when people say to us, where's the best place to start? We well, say exercise. Actually, is it the hurdle or is it the habits that lead people to make the choices that they make? Well, it is, it's, that, it's where you'd find the, the worst and most ingrained habits, which makes it a big hurdle because then it's hardest to undo. So... It is a hard thing. We know it's hard, but just like in the earlier question, there's no quick and easy right now click your fingers solution. If there was, we'd be doing it. We would make more money (laughs) writing meal plans. I guarantee you, we would make more money writing meal plans than we do doing our online new online system where we actually educate people on nutrition. However, you actually, you know what else though? We might make more money short term, but long term we'd have less results. Correct. And, and less results to show for it. Less less lives changed. You have unhappy people because as I said, they go back to normal. But the point is we would we would make more money doing that, but there's a reason we don't. No, it doesn't work. Uh, one more question for you, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Courtney why do I struggle to relate to clients? Oh, this is from a PT asking this question. This is also why I got a bit of a giggle inside when you just asked me the last question because it's like, we've both just set each other up for PT-related PT questions. PT-related questions. Why do I struggle to relate to clients? Why do I struggle to relate to clients? I have the easy answer to that, but it's not my question. What's your easy answer? I'm waiting for you. Well... I don't even know how to answer that, really, in in an easy answer. I do. What's that? You got the wrong clients. Oh well, that's true. If you can't if you can't relate to your clients, this is. So I picked this question because I wanted Courtney to have a go at answering it as a trainer. So if you have clients you can't relate to, in my opinion, you've got the wrong clients. That is true because it, it makes it a, a much harder task to empathize and to legitimately coach them if you haven't been down the path they want to go down. The thing with the thing with a lot of trainers is that, yes, technically, you could train somebody to do pretty much anything. 
because if you don't necessarily have the first-hand knowledge, there is research upon research upon research you can read and you well, can understand. it's not hard to teach out of a textbook. So you can teach a person to do literally most things, like as a trainer. The problem becomes that if you haven't been there and done it, when things come up along the way, you're right, you can't relate to them, you can't empathize with them, you can't sit down with them and say, I know what you're going through. And it feels like this, but it does get better because you're going to do this and then this and then this. So it is very, very difficult to empathize with people that you that you haven't got a connection with that sort of area of transformation. So if you're if you're an athlete, if you've been an athlete, then you are best coaching and training other athletes. Yeah, you don't need, you, you don't need you, there's nothing to fake there. It's authentic and it's genuine. And that's why um, Courtney, you and I are really sort of stringent on who we work with because we know very much who we can and can't help. Well, again, people say to us, oh, well, why can't you help me? I really like you guys. I want to work with you. And we say we would love to work with everybody, but there's just no point working with someone who wants to train for a marathon. Matt and I have never trained for a marathon. And never will. We never will train for a marathon. We know trainers who do marathons and they're fantastic trainers at what they do. Go and train with them because you will get a better value for money because it's not all about the training. It's about the experience and the knowledge that is passed on. And the outcome. Through a trainer. And the outcome. And the outcome. So that is where, you're right, Matt, the, the, the easy answer is you've got the wrong client. And the more in-depth sort of discussion is you, you don't as because just because you're a trainer doesn't mean that you should work with everybody. No, to me, if you think you can help everyone from a, a, a PT perspective, you're actually helping no one. You need to be really good at what you do. You need to lean into your strengths. And then once you're in that place, I think then is what I was going to say earlier, which I was obviously going to take it a step too fast. So I'm glad I asked you first, Matt. But once you're in that place, you then have to be able to open up and to be open and honest with your mistakes, with your shortcomings. Vulnerable. Vulnerability. Don't pretend to be perfect to your clients. It's fake as shit. People see it through that sort of stuff. You need to be able to be open and honest as a person because that gives them the relatability to your clients. It does turn out there are perks to actually being a human being. I know. Mm. And not everyone's perfect and that's okay. And being able to have those sort of open and honest conversations with people, that is what tears down barriers and that's what gets the best results from people. Well done. Um, can you please cue the music for emails? Emails. We have an email here from Kim. Thanks, Kim, for writing in. We love emails. We do love emails. Uh, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com is where you can, should, and you will email us. Yes. Hi, guys. I have just finished listening to episode 31. What are the best supplements? Can you take creatine in pill form or is it better in powdered form in a shake? And what brand of creatine do you both take? Also... Thank you for breaking my heart with episode 28. Cheers, Kim. Episode 28 was the alcohol episode. Oh, <laughs> no worries, Kim. Yeah. Happy um, to help. That, yeah. 
<laughs> Always happy to help. Mm-hmm. So I'll, because um, I'm very well versed in supplements, so I'll take this one, yeah? Well, I don't even, I don't, I'm not big in the creatine, so you may as well answer. Okay. Um, all right. <clears throat> I can't speak to creatine in pill form because I've never taken it. No, um, I've always taken and have always um, recommended my clients to take the powder mm. because you can then put it in water or put it in your shake and it is rapidly absorbed. Um, I don't see how a pill wouldn't be fairly quickly absorbed. Um, I just always, for ease of use, put mine in with my pre and post workout shakes. Um, in terms of what, so I guess is I guess what I'm saying is I didn't answer the question. <laughs> but you know what? If I don't know, I'm not going to bullshit. I've only ever taken powder. It's worked, so I'm not going to change. Don't break, don't fix it. So from my perspective, I can confirm the powder is great. Make it happen. Uh, brand of creatine we both take. Well, look, there are, at the moment, we have a brand called Gentech, mm. but we have used approximately 580,000 different brands of creatine. It doesn't matter what brand you use. What matters with creatine is the ingredients. Mm. So the creatine ingredient needs to say one thing. Creatine. Wrong. Creatine monohydrate. Oh, I was going to say that. So name, if you, also known as. If you are getting creatine monohydrate and that is the ingredient on the ingredients list, the singular ingredient, it doesn't matter what brand it is, buy it. Yeah. Um, it works. It's been proven in research. That shit is, is powdered gold. Yeah. I guess you'd have to see with the tablet version, they put any other ingredients in there or not. I don't know. I would definitely do that. If I was looking at creatine pills, I'd check the, I'd check the ingredients list. But mm. for me, I can get powdered creatine monohydrate on the cheap because it's readily available. Um, it's great value for money. So yeah, you get it up. You, you really don't need much of it. It lasts you a really long time. The value there is great because the tubs the tubs are cheap and it does last you quite a long time. Yeah. So, uh, but I think we spoke about creatine also in our supplements episode, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So I'm not going to um, yeah. touch on it anymore. Uh, so that, as they say, is that. Uh, Courtney, you can now catch your flight and go for your holiday. Cool. Thanks for coming. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your email, Kim. We hope that helps. Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com is where you can, should, and will reach us. Yes. We love and appreciate you and your feedback. So get on it. Yeah, definitely. Get on if it. you have any of these questions as well. There's that... no such thing as a silly question, only a silly person. Correct. If you want answered, please email them through to us. Just like the questions we answered today, you can stay anonymous. So we just want to answer the questions as best we can. If you have any ideas... Or as worse as we can for amusement value. Yeah. If you have any ideas of full topic uh, uh, podcast episodes that you'd like us to do, please feel free to share those as well. We really just want to make sure that we're delivering content that's helping you guys. So... So rule this episode out. (laughs) Outside of episode 69, dude, we do want to make sure we're helping. Anyway, that's us gone for this week. Have a good one. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.